0: I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media Podcast. My guest today is a woman in the media, sort of by proxy. Oh, I feel so
1: bad saying it now, but whatever. It's part of the journey. So Nickelback was touring a lot at the time, and, and Dallas's band was playing with them a lot. So it was like this constant rotation of every time I turned on the radio, their songs would be on. And I'm like, oh my God, like, stop playing these guys. There was one point I actually called in to the radio station and offered my entire paycheck to stop playing (laughs) default songs. Careful what you put your energy into because I put a lot of energy into hating a band and I ended up marrying the lead singer, so.
0: She's currently a cosmetic tattoo artist at Poke and Stroke in South Surrey, but you may know her best as the wife of country superstar Dallas Smith. My guest today is Kristen Smith. Welcome to the Women in Media podcast. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. So I think we kind of go back to the beginning to start this episode off. Um, Did you meet Dallas when he was on stage, before he was famous, as he was getting famous? What's the story there?
1: So, So this is kind of a, it's kind of a long story. I will try to make it short. So when I was 18 years old, I worked in the bars in Edmonton. I was one of those girls that sold cigarettes. So I would walk around selling cigarettes at bars. And one of our first- Um, shows that we did. It was all rock shows. The first one was Nickelback and Default was opening. So I was 18. I'm 38 now. So that's 20 years ago. And they were like, okay, we have to go in and meet the bands or whatever. I'm like, hated Nickelback at the time. Hated Default. Maybe still kind of do. But anyways, walked into this room and there's Chad and Dallas and I'm like oh hi nice to meet you I hate your band but whatever and carried on went to another couple of shows where they were playing and it was kind of like we recognized each other and be like oh hey how's it going there was one um Dallas played the Halloween Howler in Edmonton which is just this absolute drunk fest um and I was dressed as A nurse in this latex outfit as you do (laughs) and and (laughs) I ended up needing cell phone reception I was trying to talk to my mom on the phone and wandered backstage and into defaults dressing room and I was like okay I can hear you and then I like looked around realized where I was kind of thing and Dallas is standing there and I was like I'm just gonna grab a beer went over to the fridge grabbed a beer Like, we really didn't know each other at all, but it was like, oh, you're that guy, you're that girl. Fast forward to me living in Australia, and I think I was 20 at the time, and Default happened to be touring there, and I remember driving down the streets in Australia, and hearing default on the radio and being like, Oh my God, this band is like following me everywhere. This is like, I hate their music. Oh, I feel so bad saying it now, but whatever. It's part of the journey. So um, fast forward again to a Coors Light uh, show in Banff and default was playing. I was handing out beer to people and their sound cut out, like default sound completely cut out the music cut out. And there's me in the crowd cheering because I was so pumped that I didn't have to then listen to them, walked up on the stage, took the mic from Dallas and was like, "Ha!" like continued on giving out free beer. Fast forward again to me moving to Vancouver from Edmonton 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, oh my goodness. And um, I had someone who wanted to manage me for singing who sent me to Dallas for further vocal lessons. And I remember showing up on his doorstep and being like, you're that guy. And he's like, you're that girl. And he was with someone at the time. So nothing happened then, but I was like, you're kind of cute left it at that. And six months later, um, his relationship had ended and we met up with mutual friends in the band state of shock. And, uh, Went out one night, everyone hung out, and we just started texting the next day about how much we hated cats, and here we are. That's not where I thought this would start it's like the cats. That, that's, how it, that's how it went. It's like, it's yeah. the longest journey, but it's, it's funny, like, just how I'm like, careful what you put your energy into, because I put a lot of energy into hating a band, and I ended up marrying the lead singer, so
0: very full circle and like hearing hearing that story now it's like it was destined to happen like you couldn't get rid of it apparently yeah yeah so funny (laughs) so I mean at the time the hatred for the band do you think it had something to do with ego like what was it it
1: was the radio
0: stations playing them
1: way too much. So I do blame the radio stations a lot. Nickelback was touring a lot at the time and, and Dallas's band was playing with them a lot. So it was like this constant rotation of every time I turned on the radio, their songs would be on and I'm like, oh my God, like stop playing these guys. There was one point I actually called in to the radio station and offered my entire paycheck to stop playing <laughs> default songs.
0: So you're part of the early wave of Nickelback haters, which is also a claim to fame. Yes, it's funny.
1: I also have like that one file on the computer that's like all Nickelback songs that I will wholeheartedly rock out to, in my own, <laughs> in my own time.
0: I think I think I was part of the early wave too, but then you see them live for like yeah. a sta- a stadium show, and you're just like oh, I get it now. Like, yeah, we saw him in Vegas,
1: like down the road. And it was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, yeah, dude can sing fine.
0: So it sounds like I mean, you got in a relationship with Dallas at a time where his career was like peaking huge. Did you have any reservations about getting into a relationship with a guy who's on the road all the time and all the things that come with that? Yeah.
1: So when we started dating um default uh was not coming to an end but things were slowing down and he was in the position to be like making the decision what he wanted to do this is when he was talking to joey moy about potentially doing a country album so um the first trip he took while we were kind of starting to date he went down to nashville and i think he recorded somebody somewhere like the first song just to see how it would go and in that time I think he went to a party at like Kid Rock's house and of course in my mind I'm like whoa (laughs) I can only imagine what that would have looked like and been like so it was I will say for the first probably year of dating him like it was it was tough it was tough like it is dating anyone in the music industry especially the lead singer of a rock band and now a solo artist is it was tough like Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna beat around the bush I had some I had some crazy moments like yeah sitting in a bathtub drinking a bottle of wine and sobbing (laughs) to myself it's fine (laughs) as you
0: do (laughs) When I, like, first reached out to you to see if you would want to come on this podcast, like, I thought the angle would be so interesting because the the spotlight that I knew of you, like, I didn't even know that you had a, a singing career before this, but I thought to myself, like, did she ask for the spotlight or is it, like, a, you know, a default of the type of life that you live with Dallas? Yeah, it,
1: it was almost... Um there can't, like, it was too much of, there can't really be two of us. Um, I just kind of made the choice. Like, there's a lot of things that I did. I was a musical theater kid, so there was acting too. I actually ended up taking the acting direction more so. Um, I took acting classes in Vancouver. Um, I had an agent. I was doing uh, quite a few auditions and stuff, but then we had Veda. And that's honestly when things really kind of calm down for me and mostly because Dallas's career just like shit hit the fan and and he did so well so quickly so yeah. it was more of okay I'm going to kind of hold down the fort and support you and this is just the direction that we're going to take and it's worked yeah. out great um it's kind of funny now uh veda she's got the karaoke machine hooked up in the hallway and like i just posted a video yesterday of her just going hard blasting out some alicia keys this girl is on fire i'm like what is that like it's a so full <laughs> circle i'm like i'm watching myself as a child so if anything yeah. she'll Take over the music thing and run with it. She's an incredible singer. I'm like, oh my God.
0: Here we go. How old is she now? She's eight. She has her front teeth now. The last time that I was on like, you know, a, a recording with Dallas, he was like, she she looks like such a hick. She just lost she, her front teeth.
1: I know. They were gone for so long too. I'm like, please come back. <laughs> she looks so funny. But yeah, now awesome. she's like this this tiny, sassy little adult who's got like her own full personality she's so theatrical and like dramatic but in in a good way like she's just this tiny little actor and singing all the time she's
0: awesome yeah it sounds like a a mini you for sure did you did you find it hard to like make that decision and step out of the spotlight
1: um with I find more so with the acting I don't know if I was good enough to really do something with it and have anything really take off Um, but it was more so the acting that I've really really missed if anything I would like to go back and take classes again and maybe see what happens with you know when everyone might be a little bit older we'll just see but I think that was more where my passion was so I was definitely the theater kid growing up I've danced I did ballet tap jazz like all
0: of them. Oh, that's, and that's my childhood for sure.
1: Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the best. So yeah, that's kind of the, I took all the different paths.
0: So what, what's the best and worst part of being with someone who is so iconic in the Canadian music industry with not one, but two careers now?
1: Um, the best part, it's really nice to be so proud of, someone like he has done so well and I feel the sense of pride I remember this one thing that he said when kind of default was slowing down and the country career was picking up and all the radio stations were adding the song and how humble and how um, almost surprised he was but he said he's like you see the same people on the way down that you do when you're on your way up. And I think it's been really, really cool to watch kind of him going from the ground up, but seeing how many people support him and love him and the relationships that he's made in the past and how they really fostered where he is now. Like the community has been wonderful. Like they feel so much like our family, like, going to the CCMAs in Calgary and a month from now, and it's just this happy reunion of celebrating all these people. So it's such a positive, positive place for him and for us. And yeah, the community of even his fans following me. And um, I don't have a huge social media following and I don't, I don't think ever intend to be an, an influencer by any means, but um, so much support has come our way and so much positivity has come our way so I'm just grateful for all of that so
0: Charlotte from Red Umbrella you know like very early on in the country game because I sort of started my career in the rock side of radio and Mm -hmm. country was brand new it's like it's 2017 and it's like okay I I gotta figure this new scene out here (laughs) and that was one of the the craziest things to me when I first met Dallas and you were backstage I remember it was I want to say CCMA's in Hamilton I think oh yes we were doing like a big broadcast and dallas was coming to perform and might have been my second year at serious it's a little later anyway it's all very blurry now but um you know meeting dallas for the first time being like wow he's so big and he acts like a normal dude right like that's one of the best parts about him yeah and you too actually you were just like someone great to talk to backstage and that's (laughs) what i remember of that night and that's when i started following you on social media it seems like very natural that people would want to follow along your journey with Dallas, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I appreciate that. It's, it's funny. Cause he, um, in the beginning of the country days, I remember the very first CCMEs we went to and I, I'm like, this is so fun. I'm going to get dressed up and hair and makeup and all the things. And we walked into a room and people initially thought that I was the artist. Cause Dallas was so like kind of reserved and quiet and, I think he almost came off, like, as an asshole because he was, like, so quiet and reserved and, and humble, too, um, thankfully, which hasn't changed. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting back in the
0: day. The the humble and the pride is the best part. What's the worst part?
1: Um, ooh, Him being away is obviously tough. Um, but, I mean, we got used to that over the first many years of our relationship until the pandemic when all of a sudden it was just him home all the time. Um, but it's just, it's, it's been an adjustment. Like it was awful for my anxiety at first. Um, it, you know, I went through the jealous phases and, and just, you know, feeling bad about myself in certain ways comparing myself to other people like parts of that are really difficult when you see um you know at a festival and these girls are walking around and they're in their early 20s and I've had two kids and I don't look the same like I've I've always struggled with that and I've I've talked a bit about that too kind of over the last couple years or so um it's not the worst part but it's it's really made me have to focus on myself and figure out where I stand in all of it. And it's, it's forced me to face those things, I guess, talk about those things. And that's, that's yeah. kind of like a silver
0: lining in a way, because yeah, I mean, working in radio, you feel that all the time too. I totally hear what you're saying there. Yeah. What made you want to, like, start sharing about those feelings? Because I remember on, on social media when you started sharing about mental health. Like, there there must have been mm-hmm. a moment or a, something that switched.
1: Um, I just have never really felt a need to hide that. I'm definitely an oversharer. I always have been. So when I've had, you know, a, a bad day or if I'm having a down day or feeling a certain way about myself, um... I have always felt the need to share it. um, And I've never really felt a shame in that. And especially about like body image and that sort of thing, that kind of, um, I was just having a rough day one day. And I think I posted an older photo of myself. um, And I got so much attention and so much feedback on one post about, um, my feelings about my body and how it's changed, and um, I was not expecting that. Um, it was almost just like it. It was a lot to take on. I remember reading all these comments from these women feeling the same way, and having no idea. A lot of them that I knew, and it's like you feel bad about yourself. Like look at you know, look at you. All these other people have like feel the same way as me. So um, I've never been that person to feel like I need to hide any of that. I don't get what the point is. I don't know. And and some people do, and that's fine. Um, some people are really private about their feelings and if they're maybe taking medication for anxiety or they're feeling bad about themselves or their physical appearance or whatever, but I, I don't know maybe it's like a blessing and a curse the whole oversharing thing but it just I've always had positive feedback from it and people have said like I'm helping someone to maybe talk about it more so why the heck not if I feel no shame I'll put it out there and hopefully hopefully you know it helps someone to maybe talk about it so
0: yeah well to see you know to see the wife of like one of Canada's most recognizable stars talking about mental health openly, what a beautiful thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think mental health it. is a huge thing in our house too, right? Like Veda struggles with it, our daughter struggles with it, Dallas does, I do. So it's we've had no choice but to really make it an open conversation in our house. So why not put it out there as well?
0: Yeah Yeah. So with the kids, how, how do you talk about um, like the spotlight and fame? that's gotta be an interesting thing in the house too.
1: Yeah. Um I Veda
0: went on tour at the beginning of this tour, didn't she? I saw. It. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting thing, especially with where her age is now, because we started to notice people recognizing her when we were out before they would recognize Dallas or myself. Um and it doesn't happen often. Um but when it did, it was kind of like, ooh, like, maybe we tone this down a little bit. And maybe we, you know, I started asking her permission, do you want to be posted on social media? And if I took a video or a photo or whatever, I'd ask her first. Um, and most of the time, she doesn't mind. Again, she's, she is out there and kind of does her own thing. And I just trust that if she one day decides she doesn't want to be seen in that way then fine as far as talking to her about the fame thing it's kind of funny like she's I've heard her in certain situations where she's met other kids and she's like oh my dad's famous and I'm like oh my god don't say that, <laughs> no, don't but that'll
0: open you up to have a conversation for sure
1: yes yeah totally and and yeah I don't know if she's so much notices it we have noticed so dallas has a son um who's now 17 um who we've really kept off of our socials and stuff um just out of respect for him and his mom um he walked into a classroom um i think in his last couple years of high school here and one of the teachers had a photo of dallas on her wall so that was kind of interesting so did he bring that
0: up with you guys oh yeah yeah yeah
1: he's like this is kind of weird and she didn't know and eventually was like I'm gonna take this down off the wall and and that was it but I think with the whole fame thing I honestly feel like it's this it's a perception and I feel like we've never in our house and when we're out given off the perception that we are in any way different than anyone else we don't if people are looking at us or anything like that, we don't notice it. Um, someone else would point it out to us or they I remember her being like, mom, that girl over there is trying to take pictures of us. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we've, yeah. we've never been those people. Like I, I look at other artists and stuff and their wives and families. And when they're at shows, they have security, walk them out into the crowd. like, That's never been us. We've never been those people that have ever really thought of it. So that would be very strange if you know if our kids were starting to feel any sort of that I would I would hate that
0: when Veda was um on the tour and like I saw her hanging out with like Meg and Kelly and just having the time of her life living the dream yeah what are what are some of the things that she was saying to you like mom like about her experience with the whole thing because you weren't on that part of the tour were you and you met them or something
1: um I yes I met up with them so Veda oh my god um, so, Everin, that the first couple weeks that we were at home without Dallas, Everin was sick. So all of my attention was going to Everin. So when Veda got to go out and you know go off with Dallas for a couple days and get all of that attention, like girl was thriving. It was so funny. <laughs> so she makes these rainbow loom bracelets and stuff. So her and Jojo Mason made this business together where. They were selling these rainbow loom bracelets to all of the artists, but it was, they're a dollar each, we only take cash, and we don't have change. So my child, she was there, what, two, three days or something, came home, and she had like $140 cash. I'm like, where did you get this money? She's like, Mom, I have a business now. Jojo Mason and I are business partners. I'm like, oh my god i'm so sorry everyone she took all your money like oh but they they loved it they had so much fun with her but i'm like you child are oh she is a force (laughs) oh my god
0: yeah what are what's something that you think she picked up from from jojo or kelly or meg like just um you know something that she absorbed
1: something that she absorbed um I don't know. Um, let me think. Uh, I I hope if anything, like she um she's a kid who has some self esteem issues. So
0: I think just, I definitely did at that age.
1: Yeah, like she struggled a lot. Um, she's had some bullying issues at school and that sort of thing. So I think just having The one-on-one time and having these older people that she sees and hears on the radio and stuff tell her how fun and cool she is like I I hope that's what she took home from that whole experience like yeah it's cool to get you know to go out and see dad and stuff but it's almost like he wasn't even the focal point when she was there it was I'm gonna go color with Kelly or like I'm gonna go chat with Megan for a bit I think she's just doing her makeup I'm like okay. Like <laughs> just this <laughs> tiny adult. It's she's funny. She's hilarious. That is
0: so cute. Yeah. Have you ever felt unsafe? Like you were talking about how you don't feel like you need security and all of all of that. But I'm sure there's been some moments over the, you know, the span of this that you have felt unsafe. Yes.
1: Um. I remember one show in Calgary where I was in the crowd with Veda and I was holding her um she would have been maybe 5 um so not yeah. too small but um I was holding her we were watching the show and it started to get pretty crowded so I turned around to walk out of it and this lady she was an older lady maybe in her 50s and she looked at Veda and she was like oh, you're a Veda and she grabbed Veda out of my arms oh my and God. started hugging her and I was like oh, And she was just shit-faced. So she's, like, wobbling. And I'm, like, it was so fast that I just didn't, like, it was so strange and surreal. And the woman's friend was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she wouldn't let her go. I had to, like, peel my child off of this woman who is hysterically crying. It's like she'd met Jesus or something. And she's hugging my kid. And Veda's looking at me like, going on so
0: oh my gosh
1: that was interesting but that was few and far between yes few and far between like mostly when people see us if I'm with Veda or whatever they're like oh my god hi and they just say hi which is great
0: that's cool so whether it's like radio people, right? You interact with a lot of radio people, yes. other musicians. I'm sure that there's um, some like camaraderie between you and these industry people. Oh, totally. And I'm, sh- I'm sure that there's also, you know, some things that you want to stay very far away from. Um, talk to me about the behind the scenes camaraderie and-, and what you don't want to be around, who you want to surround yourself with.
1: Yeah, we, we really have a good kind of close network of people um who were drawn to and you know the people you see after so long and you run up to them and give them a big hug and they literally feel like family um i will say like there really hasn't been too much uh or too many negative experiences or really a lot that we've wanted to kind of stay back from i think the the main thing with dallas is He's so incredibly humble, and that has always really brought the right people our way. Um, yeah. He knows not to surround himself with the yes people who are going to tell him whatever it is that he's doing is the best thing on earth and the sun shines out his ass. It's not not what he's wanted for himself, not what I've wanted for us. Um, so, yeah, it's... I can say that we're really lucky that we haven't had that experience. Um, Kind of funny when I, when it was our first CCMAs um, and we were backstage at uh, one of the late night shows or whatever, and a bunch of bands were playing. And I happened to be in a circle talking with um, Johnny Reed and his wife, Jen, and Johnny went and did something. Jen was still standing there, and just me knowing like no one knew who we were and I just kind of said to her I'm like how do you find all of this like how do you deal with all of this and and your husband being pulled in all these directions and you kind of have to stand back like where do you fall in all this how do you do all of this and she gave me some really incredible advice like just kind of woman to woman um and that was really my first kind of taste of like talking to someone who I was going to be in their shoes one day. I had no idea where this was going to go, but, um, that was such a a kind conversation and almost like my intro to what this was all going to look like one day. So I'm forever grateful to her for, for that. And yeah, it, it wasn't a lot of like, stay away from this person or watch out for this. It was just like, you're going to surround yourself with good people. That's all you have to do. And that's really what we've done and been lucky to have done. Yeah.
0: So I'm thinking back to a Dallas Smith show where he had you on stage. I think it was at Budweiser stage in Toronto. It maybe caught you off guard that he pulled you on stage. There's been a couple of those. (laughs) I'm caught (laughs) off guard every time he's pulled me on stage. But one thing that... I always notice about, I guess, your group, your music community, Mm -hmm. is that everyone loves you guys right like in that band for instance like it wasn't just Dallas being like here's my amazing wife like it was like the whole band was pumped you were there and like pumped you were on stage I remember watching the reaction to like everyone on stage because he's got a pretty big production now yes yeah What, what about how you know the band itself the camaraderie of the band itself how they treat you and how they treat the family
1: Oh, um, it's so funny when you were saying that it almost like made me emotional because he's been so lucky with, with all of the guys in his band and they're, they're you so know, wonderful. They're, they're so wonderful. And those are some of Dallas's best friends. I feel like, um, if ever, um, if ever I needed to talk to any of them about, you know, something, deeply personal or if I was ever concerned about anything or whatever those would be the direct people I would go to because they are his best friends and who he's closest with in their yeah. family people and um, you know, they've, they've seen the behind the scenes, like, of course, there's been times when, you know, Dallas and I were arguing on the phone, and he's away, and they're overhearing this and looking at him like, what the hell is going on? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I even talked to another, you know, another bandwife about this yesterday, like, she realized she like got mad at her husband and hung up the phone and he was with a whole other band that she's like I don't even think they know who I am like this is gonna look so bad I'm like guaranteed they have wives or girlfriends who are at home and they're dealing with this stuff when shit hits a fan too so um yeah I it's yeah he's he's really lucky and I feel really lucky they're all awesome like they're such awesome guys so and they're great with our kids too so that's Yeah. yeah it's huge
0: from like a privileged space sometimes you guys get to do really cool things like I know he's always at the Canucks games and mm-hmm. he's always got the you know he he can kind of roll wherever he wants to these days um what about like finding women in those other circles yeah did, did you bond with a hockey wife
1: <laughs> yes it's so funny so um Okay, so in the room that we're in right now, this is the kind of makeshift studio that Dallas had to throw together throughout the pandemic. Um, And on the walls, I don't know if you can see...
0: Bo Horvat, I saw the jersey. Yes, we've got
1: jerseys. And I I even took a couple down because he had a Calgary Flames one. And I'm like, he would really not appreciate if that was on the wall behind me as I'm talking to you. But yes, so (laughs) Bo Horvat in the background there. So his wife, um, Holly... Has been our like sleep trainer for Everin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's an incredible nurse and has helped me like walk through that because Everin didn't sleep for like the first entire year of her life. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of funny how like you just reach out to these people and you just have this weird thing in common, yeah. but yeah, yeah, she's been incredible. So
0: <laughs> yeah. I noticed the Bo, Bo Horvat cause um, yeah. yeah, he used to play for the London Knights, and I used to do some in-game hosting. for. The oh, London cool.
1: Knights. Yeah. They're yeah. awesome people. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I might even go as far to say like your new career, which like we should definitely touch on, yes. was that born out of the pandemic and you wanting to do something else with your time?
1: Yeah, that was, um, so I'm a permanent makeup artist and I do brow microblading and I'm also trained in scalp micropigmentation. So, um, yeah, I went for a brow touch up, uh, with the girl who did mine and, uh, ended up training me. And it was something that, um, I was so, I always thought was the coolest thing, like, I didn't know how it was done. I didn't know. I'm like, where do you train for something like this? Like I had asked Shay um, years ago when she did my eyebrows for the first time. Like, how do you get into something like this? This is so cool because it's like another. It's another form of tattooing, and I can't draw stick men with my life, but I can do tremendous eyebrows
0: (laughs) you're certainly not afraid of the needle too yes exactly (laughs) not at all
1: not at all so (laughs) so yeah I I looked into training and Shay offered one-on-one training so um yeah I trained in that and scalp micropigmentation with her husband Shannon at Ink Barber and I like I I love it I love it I've It's this really cool time to get to like sit and chat with my clients and um, it's awesome. It's like a therapy session while I'm making incredible brows for their face. So yeah, I love it. (laughs) I love it.
0: With the scalp stuff too, I was sort of thinking about how that's kind of almost full circle too because that's a confidence piece for a lot of people.
1: Yes. And um, what I didn't know when I started the training was that 50% or more of the clientele are actually women. So Women wanting okay. wanting density in the scalp, and it is it is such a unique and cool tool and thing to have, like and to be able to do. It's it's really awesome. There's a couple different things too that I want to train in eventually. One is um, scar revision and oh, cool. uh, working on stretch marks as well, just to produce more collagen in them and kind of lessen the appearance of them. So there's all these just neat things that are, that are coming up that we can do. So I'm like, this is, it's fun. I love it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so coming to the end, end of, uh, our recording here, a couple of things. I want to know the best concert you've ever seen. You do not need to answer, um, with Dallas being the person on stage, okay. but <laughs> maybe there is a show that you're like, this was so incredible that it was in tears and I have to share it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Best concert. Oh, we just saw Alanis, which, uh, w- oh,
0: God. I have such FOMO. I didn't go. Uh, I didn't go, and I wish I did. Yeah. It was
1: a full blown religious experience. That woman is Jesus Christ, and I like her vocals were spot on. She was so good. And the show she showed a bunch of videos at the very beginning of the show where um just different parts of her life and different shows she'd been on and and you know her family and everything and it was like oh it was so cool she was my very first concert ever and then dallas and i just went a couple weeks ago so that was that was pretty incredible
0: what gives you the goosebump effect when you're at a live show?
1: At a live show, um I am very much like I want to hear like crisp amazing vocals. Um so again Alanis was absolutely stunning, but I'm f- I'm finding more like Dallas's last show in Toronto. So him and Mackenzie Porter, they sang their song in the soundcheck and I cried. It was like... During
0: soundcheck. Their
1: vocals, the song. Like, I don't think Dallas understands how good of a singer he is. He, like, I don't think he'll ever understand how good he is. And it's been this really cool um, transition watching him from the very, very first show when he did... um, He was in a bar uh, doing an album release for Dallas Smith. And I remember he had the mic in the stand and one of the guys, it might have been Joey Moy, who walked up on stage and took the mic stand off the stage because it was this thing that he hid behind and wouldn't take the mic off and go run around. He would literally take the mic stand with him and it was this this thing. And they took that away and he had to kind of go out and interact with a crowd and and from seeing that to where he is now I don't think there's a show of his where I haven't had tears in my eyes by the end of it because it's just like this whole other person on stage and his band and you know all the incredible artists that he's gone to collab with and yeah just yeah mind-blowing yeah very proud of him very very proud
0: before I ask you who you want to nominate to come on this podcast, um, I wasn't sure how it would how it would go when I reached out to you because I almost had an assumption in my brain that you might get sick of being Dallas Smith's wife. Does that feeling ever come up just where, like, sometimes you'd like for someone to ask you about what you're working on and, and things like that? I got to ask that question. Yeah.
1: Um, the one thing that always kind of irks me a little bit is when – It's like, yeah, this is Dallas Smith and this is Dallas Smith's wife. It's like, I don't get a name sometimes. That's all I am, just wife and mom. But yeah, it's just a weird thing.
0: And with your new, like, you know, your new, I guess, tattooing career Mm -hmm. and like this like cosmetic stuff you're working on, I, I sort of saw you take something back for yourself recently just from the social media perspective. And I love that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Okay, so um, I told you to come up with a couple names of um, women that you would uh, love to hear speak on this podcast. Who'd you come up with?
1: Um, I am in love with Jessie Crookshank. Okay. I love Jessie Crookshank. Just as a <laughs> mom, she is hilarious, and I love that she she talks a lot about, um, you know, the behind the scenes part of being a mom she's walking around and she's got her breast pumps on and just or she'll (laughs) post like she's crying and upset because it's hard she's working so hard and has her kids back home or on tour with her and i i love her to bits and pieces she's
0: she's a favorite of mine did you come up with anyone else
1: oh Well, two of my favorites, you know, who would be awesome would be Charlotte and Shelby as a team.
0: (laughs) We should get them on together. They're
1: they're two of the funnest, like most incredible women ever, hands down. They're, yeah, my favorite people. So
0: they're going to hate it, but it'll be that's
1: fine. I'm going (laughs) to love it. So
0: and anyone in music?
1: So I would definitely say Mackenzie Porter. She is the the queen of all of the the she does everything. <laughs> she does everything. She's an actor, she's a singer, she's so good and she's a good human. Good yeah. human. Yeah, I really love her.
0: Cool. Okay, well thank you so much for this. I, I just thought you'd bring such a an interesting perspective to well, the music industry, but also like what it's like to, you know, date someone, come up with someone, marry someone who's got a career like Dallas. So thanks so much for sharing all of that.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be here. So thank you.
0: I've got all of Kristen's info in the episode notes. If you're looking to get in touch, uh, she works at Poke and Stroke. The website is pokeandstroke.ca and uh, her Instagram for all those bookings at Shooter McGav Inc. Clever ink at the end and a heads up for next episode. Two weeks from now, my guest is Aaron Davis, a prominent voice in broadcasting over the last how many decades? Can't wait for you to hear that conversation. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but... We've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network.